Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 17 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host, Jeff, and today we're going to be reading chapter 17 of Bringing Balance, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to get in contact with me, uh, feel free to head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com, and there'll be some contact information on the side, and a little later, I will tell you all those details, I guess. Yeah. And if you're really feeling it, um, Christmas is coming up. Why not buy somebody a copy of Bringing Balance on Amazon? That's right. You can get the paper, paperback version or an ebook. All available on jeffreadshisbook.com. Very exciting. Uh, I feel like that was a very marketing-centric intro, but I, I like it. I'm going to keep it in. I probably would have deleted this normally, but... I'm feeling a little enraged today because I just got back from Walmart. I tried their, uh, I've used it in the past, their pickup service. So you buy it online and say, I just want to pick it up at the damn store. So I bought a trash can and I said I'd pick it up and it took them five hours to fulfill it. So I obviously didn't get it that day, which was freaking annoying. So I just ran over there now. I'm like, this will take like two seconds. You walk up to a counter, they hand it to you. Well, they, of course, changed it, you know, to make it, quote, better. I just did air quotes for everybody. And uh, that didn't work out so well. So I had to wait for about 10 minutes while somebody went to the back to get my trash can. I was kind of like, I probably could have just got it in the store in the meantime. And, of course, it was damaged. Big knife slices all across the lid. Real snazzy Walmart. Way to, yeah, I'm glad everybody there cares so much. So, my next stop was the return line where I had to return it. And she's like, you want an exchange? Absolutely not. Because there's a good chance it'll suck too. So, freaking Walmart, get your goddamn act together. Ugh, I was so annoyed. But uh, I think this podcast will go okay. I just need to calm down a little bit. And nothing calms me down more than reading some great literature. And speaking of literature, some other people have opinions on it. So we got a little feedback this week. Um, of course, the feedback is only from our single feedback person, my wife. She's not single. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Anyway, uh, so she responded with chapter 16 discussion questions uh, or answers to those questions. So what was the question here? Um, it's chapter 15. Let's see here. Yeah, I got to flip. Well, opinions on oatmeal. Let's see here. Ah! Nope. I don't know here. I gotta find... Oh, okay. Alright. Um, I actually rearranged this. This is why I couldn't figure it. Alright, let's see here. Question one was, will they actually come home for dinner? That was a ridiculous statement they made. They were gonna go out for an adventure and retrieve the balancing stone and come back for what I can only assume will be stew, because it always is. And uh, so Laura writes in, home for dinner, I agree, they are magical, but if they're having stew, maybe they'll magically get delayed and miss the meal. <laughs> I like that they're going to, on purpose, not show up for dinner. Very nice. Question two, this was about blocking people, like when you stand in the middle of the, in, in the way of somebody, right? She says, haha, I don't need to look at the bus schedule and block people, get out of my way. Yes, 
Good for her. So she's not one of those people who just stops in a walkway like all you other jerks. And the third question was, what was that magnifying glass? It was very undescriptive, and it was able to show that there wasn't actually a door in the Temple of Colors. And her response was just emojis. She had no other explanation. <laughs> so <laughs> I like those answers. Very nice. Very nice. If you guys have feedback, please write in. I'd love to hear what anybody else thinks of the book. Uh, I didn't get any tweets this week or toots if you're on Mastodon or emails. So feel free to write in, you know. Mm. So what are we at? November 25th is the day I'm recording this. Um, So we're pretty far into National Novel Writing Month. So you people better be finishing up. You're actually past like hell week. So if you're still on track right now, trying to hit that 50,000 words in a month... Um, you got past Thanksgiving. If you're on schedule or only like a thousand behind, totally doable. You got to keep pushing through it. I know Thanksgiving was brutal for me when I tried to do this, but, uh, I luckily did not try this year. So that worked out well for me. Probably should have, if I'm going to do more seasons of this sweet ass podcast, but we'll see. You know, I need more books featuring Margot and Henry and Aaron and Stephen and apparently Frederick, a main character, <laughs> who I totally forgot about. Anyway, um, enough about writing your own damn book. Let's talk about the book we're reading today. So we're going to read chapter 17 of Bringing Balance. Uh, it is a seven-page chapter, pretty solid seven pages. Um, it's going to be a little bit more exciting. Uh, I Well, you know what? Last episode was exciting, wasn't it? I think it was pretty exciting. Uh, so this one will have some excitement in it, uh, but I think it's going to be more stealth-based. I don't think we're going to have a lot of fighting. I'm kind of just flipping through slowly, but you know what? I don't want to know what happens. We're just going to go ahead and read it together, right? Um, oh, I did see there's more foreshadowing. That's always fun, right? <laughs> So we'll have to see how that goes. And this chapter might end in a cliffhanger, right? A la, a la like goosebumps, right? We'll see. I might be totally wrong on that. It might not be a cliffhanger. <laughs> so we'll just have to see how this goes. I think there's maybe two drinking breaks in it. Um, but before we start, I'm going to have a drinking break right now. Mm-mm. And let's go ahead and dive into Chapter 17 of Bringing Balance. So today, I will be drinking some Wild Turkey 101. That's right, people. The liquor store I like to go to, they did not have the 84-proof regular Wild Turkey, just the 101 there. But it's on sale if you're in the state of Ohio. Go get yourself a bottle. I think it's $21, and it is delicious. This one I usually have to do on ice. Maybe on a special occasion, I would possibly not do the ice, like drink it neat. Neat is what they call it, yeah. But, uh, I don't know, sometimes at home, you got to put the damn ice in it. And even then, it is a brutal drink. But I enjoy it immensely. Now, I was going to take this time, this little break between my intro and reading the book, to actually go make the bed, but I'm having a little too much fun. So let's just go ahead... And start reading. Okay. Margot turned around to study the room in which she now found herself. Aside from the ample dust and broken stone from Henry's indiscretion, the room was a tidy office featuring a simple desk, a wall of wooden cabinets, and a pair of and pair of leather chairs. 
Not a pair, just pair of leather chairs. <laughs> Due to the debris, it was difficult to determine if anyone had been inside recently. So if you guys remember, Henry did blow up the wall to get into this office instead of actually just, I don't know, trying some other way in. But whatever. Onward, Henry said quietly. <laughs> Onward, Henry said quietly, opening the only door in the room. He peered through before throwing it open and revealing the hallway beyond. Turning to Stephen, he asked, Anything look familiar? Stephen stepped into the doorframe, looking straight ahead. Not really, he replied. I'll have a look. Wait here, he said to everyone in the room. Margot watched the tall young man creep along the short hallway, stopping to examine each door. When he reached the only door on his left, he waved for the others to join them. Margot gently closed the door to the small office behind her as she followed the others into the carpeted hallway. The doorway Stephen had stopped at was simply marked stairs. Stephen, they must have, like, uh, fire code. Or do you have to mark, like, stairwells as stairs in the United States? I think so. We'll say that's fire code. Maybe it's OSHA. I don't know. Got any other acronyms? Uh, Stephen gently turned the knob and slowly pushed the door open. After pausing to peer through the crack, he opened the door and dashed into what, a, what was a properly labeled stairwell. Well, you think? The stairs proceeded both up and down from, the current, from their current floor. Being that they were looking for a tunnel, the group proceeded down the stairs after Margot closed the stairwell door. The staircase only descended a single level, where it ended at another door, labeled No Admittance. <laughs> it's like they're in a warehouse. What the crap? <laughs> Margot laughed to herself as Stephen turned the knob and successfully threw open a door that, was, that probably should be locked. Beyond the door, a wide room stretched before them, spanning the entire area of the temple above. Large stone, large square stone pillars were interspersed in the room to support the heavy stone structure above. While one might expect the area would be used for storage, the room was devoid of any objects. This is so boring so far. Oh my god. <laughs> this isn't stealth, it's just dull. Stepping into the poorly lit basement, the group could see an ornate doorway on the far side of the room against the wall that would be directly under the temple's front door. <laughs> Wordlessly, the four walked to the carved wooden door surrounded by empty water fountains on either side. Learning his lesson from earlier, Stephen stepped aside to allow Henry to examine the door. This is the door you remember, Margot asked Stephen, while Henry crouched in front of the wood portal. Stephen nodded in, in the affirmative. <laughs> Couldn't we have just said nodded? I think we're padding the word count again, huh? I'm going to have a little sippy here, because we got another page and a half. Mm. Okay. After a minute of examining the door, Henry put his finger to his lips to indicate silence. He pressed his ear against the giant keyhole and waited. Standing up, he crept away from the door, waving for the others to follow. On the other side of the room, the mage explained, I think there are a few people on the other side of the door. Did they hear us? Aaron, uh, 
Did they hear us? Aaron asked in a whisper. I don't think so, he responded. Okay, I want everyone to stand against the wall on wall to either side of the door. I'm going to open it, and Margot, you need to create an illusion of myself standing in front of the door as it opens. Hopefully, they'll unload whatever they might be ready to fire, and I'll be able to step around the door and to fight back if they need to reload. Ugh, okay. What are they reloading? Their swords? Margot nodded. The plan wasn't ideal, but she knew they'd encounter plenty of these situations today. She was also familiar with this type of trickery, as she and Henry often did this together in the past. Aww, on dates! <laughs> she began cooking up an image of Henry in her head as the group tiptoed back across the room. See, now, if I were creative, this like uh, image of Henry could be hilarious. Like he could be really buff and giant and that would show like how Margot would like him to appear or he could be like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm sure I didn't do that. So let's see. Margot felt she had a reasonable illusion worked through. Okay. She had a reasonable illusion worked through and she cast the spell, placing another Henry in front of the door. As it appeared, Henry grabbed the handle and swung the giant door open. So it wasn't locked. Wow, that's nice. Margot couldn't tell if it had been locked or not, All right, since Henry would most likely have applied some sort of magic either way. When the door had swung open, she had her fake Henry walk slowly forward into the doorway. Moments after the figure passed through the door, flames erupted from the doorway, blasting into the basement room. Margot could feel the heat on her cheeks, even behind the door against the wall. Okay, so I think these doors open into the basement. Does that make sense? I guess so, because, yeah, you're trying to stop people from coming in. So maybe you have them open outward. I think that'd be, that makes sense. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although to like my house, it opens in too. Huh, all right, I'm good with this. Okay. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Through the doorway, shouts erupted, and a barrage of arrows clattered and slid across the floor. More shouting came from the doorway, and Margot knew her spell was failing. To her horror, Henry turned from behind the door and burst through out of sight. Margot turned the corner around the door to follow, and she could sense Stephen and Aaron were rushing in behind her. Behind the door was a steep staircase of ten steps, leading down to a wide, well-lit tunnel. Henry was already out of sight. Hurrying down the stairs, Margot saw blasts of light and fire, followed by screams of retreating men. By the time she reached the bottom of the staircase, Henry stood alone, magic crackling in the air around him. In the distance, she saw armed men fleeing to a distant turn in the tunnel. Henry turned and smiled, catching them all off guard. Well, that wasn't so hard, he said. I hate it when you do that, Margot yelled at him when she was standing nearly on top of him. You've probably alerted every soldier and mage that were coming now. Ah, but they've only seen me, he, Henry pointed out. Perhaps they'll think I'm a diversion. Margot considered the idea for a moment, but decided it was nonsense. All right, let's just hurry up and get out of this tunnel, she said. On an impulse, she kissed Henry hard on the lips, following with, 
I'm glad you're okay. She led the group running down the tunnel, with Henry bringing up the rear once he overcame his initial surprise. Aww! They kissed. Aww, drinking break! <laughs> mm -mm. This 101 gets its job done in a hurry. Woo! Alright. Mm -mm. Alright. Let's start again here. I already messed up. Aaron was nearly out of breath trying to keep up with Stephen and Margot in the tunnel. Okay, so this is going to be an Aaron section, right? After a long sprint, they had arrived at an offshoot in the tunnel built into the right side. That was clearly a new installation. Sorry, page turns. <laughs> the carefully cut white stone... Oh, okay, I thought I was going to say they carefully. All right. The carefully cut white stone of the tunnel walls gave way to large timbers at this recently constructed opening in the tunnel. All four, ugh, all four stood just upstream of the turn pressed against the wall. Okay, I guess. Once Henry caught up, he moved to the lead position and quickly glanced around the corner. It's poorly lit, but I don't see anyone, he whispered. Wait here, I'm going to investigate. Before Margot could grab his arm, he was around the corner and gone. Margot shook her head at her remaining companions. Erin waited in silence with her two remaining companions for Henry to return. Thanks, I think we covered that there, Jeff. <laughs> Thankfully, she never saw neither... Thankfully, she neither saw bursts of light or flames nor hear screams of or the twang of bows. So she didn't see anything or hear anything. But wait a minute. Let's look at this. She neither saw, neither saw nor heard. That should have been heard. That's a typo right there, right? We wanted to say she neither saw bursts of light or flames, nor heard screams or the twang of bows. I would have done maybe bows twanging. I mean, I obviously didn't, but I would have now. I will... <sighs> what is that? I would have had I been a better writer. How about that? <laughs> All right. After Maybe a good way to edit these books is to actually do a podcast with them and read them out loud. Because, boy, I am just running into, like, hellish, hellish typos. That might be the way to do it, but then this podcast would be like me marking something up the whole time. Although, right now, I could actually mark up these errors, but I'm not. You know, I couldn't publish a better version of this book, but yeah, I don't see a reason to. I think it's perfect the way it is, right? All right. Uh, after what seemed ages, she heard running footsteps growing louder and louder quickly. As they approached, Henry's voice floated around the corner. It's all clear. I think they retreated into the palace, Henry said, as, palace, Henry said as he rounded the corner. I'm getting a little slurry here. 101 works fast. Woo, all right. I'm not sure there was more than a junior mage with them. I don't think they thought we'd come this way. As he said this, they heard voices at the end of the tunnel from which they had originally entered. Multiple feet could be heard on the staircase. Ah, that's back the way they came. I see. All right. Aaron had the sense to turn the corner to 
exit the main tunnel. Aaron had the sense to turn the corner to exit the main tunnel. I'm having a lot of trouble with this. And I don't think it's just liquor. (laughs) Come on, she whispered. Come on, she whispered as she came around the corner. The tunnel she found herself in was far less pleasant than the original tunnel, featuring a dirt floor and a ceiling supported by timbers and planks. Let's get out of here. We're sitting ducks, she urged as the others followed her. The shoddiness of the new tunnel extension actually proved beneficial as the earthen floor muffled their footsteps as they ran. Regardless of how tired she was, her fear carried her onward towards the door at the end of the poorly lit tunnel. She reached the narrow oaken door first, turning to wait for her companions as she caught her breath, hunched over with her hands on her knees. She wasn't necessarily out of shape, but all the walking they had done combined with this sudden need to run had worn on her. Had worn on her. Yeah, I guess. Henry immediately went to the door and pulled the metal ring that acted as a handle. No locks were installed, as the palace's occupants probably did not envision such an assault. As the door opened... (laughs) As the door opened, he produced a blinding light in his palm, pushing it inwards through the doorway. Aaron heard two or three voices at most curse the light as Henry entered the doorway, followed by three thuds. Stephen rounded the door first, followed by the two women. Margot pulled the door closed quickly and silently behind them. Two guards and a mage lay slumped against the stone walls, in what appeared to be the dungeons of the palace. Aaron considered them dungeons, at least, because of the rough stonework and the general unpleasantness of where they were. The compartment where where they stood was a tiny cell, but the wall through which they had emerged had been fitted with a wide door. The cell door itself appeared to have been removed. Small iron fixtures protruded from the stone. Henry and Stephen worked to move the unconscious men against the walls such that a passerby would not see them see anyone within the small room. Margot reached into thin air and produced some scraps of fabric, which Stephen and Henry used to gag and bind the unconscious men so they would not alert the entire palace to their presence. Stephen peered out of the room into the halls beyond. Is it really necessary, though? Because... People were chasing them down the tunnel. Don't you think they're going to figure it out pretty quick that they went down the side tunnel? Why bother? Just They're already unconscious. Just leave them. Jesus. That seems kind of silly. Oh, and why would she produce strips of fabric, right? Some scraps of fabric? Why wouldn't she get a rope out? I mean, it seems like that'd be something she'd have. I I don't know. Seems lame. There should... There should be a staircase this way! He wi- Oh, did I get to that yet? Stephen peered out of the room beyond, into the halls beyond. He signaled that the coast was clear. There should be a staircase this way, he whispered, pointing with his right hand. When they stepped into the hallway he, and began walking quietly in the direction he had pointed, Aaron was surprised to see no sign of a staircase. She maneuvered herself just behind Stephen and hit him on the arm. How do you know there's a staircase this way? She demanded, whispering. Stephen hesitated. I, um, well, he started. 
In the meantime, the Ford arrived at a turn in the hallway. See, that's what I was talking about, some foreshadowing. How did he know there was a staircase? Ooh, we'll have to find out. Um, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, the Ford arrived at a turn in the hallway. Henry crept around the corner to see if it was clear. Aaron continued to glare at Stephen, waiting for an answer. It's complicated, he finally said. Go ahead, I'm listening, Aaron said sternly. Was that stern? I think it was pretty stern. Hoo-hoo, go ahead and listen. <laughs> right? That's Howard Stern. That was a good impression. That's right, baby. I do impressions on this podcast, too. Would you two be quiet, Margot scolded. I don't think I have to whisper. This is really making my throat hurt. Henry stepped into the hallway and motioned for the other three to follow. Aaron now saw the staircase that Stephen had inexplicably known. It curved against the wall upwards to yet another closed door. Wow, this is exciting. A lot of doors in this chapter. <laughs> she sighed, knowing there was going to be a lot of careful moments at the doors today. Again, oh, see, more doors. Without regard for safety, Henry charged up the steps, throwing the door at the top open. Margot ran after him, furious. Aaron could see the woman was ready to explode at her lover at the next chance she had. <laughs> Stephen ran after them, and Aaron trailed behind. The four found themselves in a long hallway with vaulted ceilings that ran east and west. The wall opposite the intruders was made up of tall arched windows looking out on the southern grounds of the palace. The hall was empty for the moment. Let's go. The stone will be somewhere deeper in the palace, Margot said. Are we going to just search every room, Aaron asked? We need a better plan. It'll probably be with the crown jewels, don't you think, Stephen suggested? Unless they're trying to do something with it. They probably are, Margot agreed. They probably are what? What does that mean? Ugh, I don't know. Wait, could the blight be a clue? Aaron offered. The others looked at her quizzically. The land is diseased, right? So wouldn't it make sense that the dark half of the stone might be doing something to the ground? I mean, I guess. <laughs> Maybe it's outside in a garden or something. I bet you're right, Stephen agreed, because that made so much sense. <laughs> there, there's a covered courtyard that might have the stone inside. It's pretty big, too. Plenty of room to experiment with the stone. Henry shrugged. It's worth a shot. But let's get moving. This is the... Uh, one minute. One minute. Screensaver. All right, here we go. I bet you're right, Steve. All right, we already did that. Henry shrugged. It's worth a shot. But let's get moving. This is a bad place to be discussing. Follow me, Stephen commanded. The group jogged down the hallway led by Stephen. Aaron followed close behind, baffled by his extensive knowledge of the palace. <gasps> Foreshadowing! Combined with the events of the private prior day, with the old soldier's recognition of him, the, rec the old soldier's recognition of him, she was beginning to wonder just what the magnitude of Stephen's secret might be. Ooh, can't wait to find out. Stephen turned down a hallway on the group's left, and they came upon three men walking away from them. 
Stephen threw <laughs> Stephen threw his arms out to stop everyone. Wrong through T H R O U G H, <laughs> and began walking casually. Another woman suddenly appeared from one of the doors in the hallway and began walking towards them. Stephen nodded to her, and she returned his acknowledgement with a smile. Aaron noticed that he was just pretending he was supposed to be there, and it seemed to be working. Her biggest concern was the two mages behind her and their possible inability to blend in. Wow. Way to be a bitch about their skills, am I right? Drinking break! Mm. Called her a bitch, but not... I mean, that is kind of like a... Ugh, these two don't know what they're doing, huh? They can't fit in. They're a bunch of outcasts. That's pretty bitchy. So... Stephen continued to lead the four through the palace. Henry was thankful that it was mostly empty, and even more thankful that Stephen seemed to deflect any suspicion when they did occasionally see something. Henry kept his guard up, though. So far, nobody they had met was a mage. The palace turned out to be far larger than Henry thought it would be. Having never been exposed to such opulence, Henry was not used to the oversized hallways and countless rooms. How Stephen knew his way around baffled Henry due to the sheer complexity of the building. He was hopeful, though, that they'd happen upon the dark stone in the first room they'd look. Okay. The dark was capitalized. So that's the light in the dark, right? Is that what they were called? I guess so. I don't remember. Uh, blip, blip, blip. Henry saw a mage exit a room ahead of them and and walk away. He tapped Stephen on the soldier on the shoulder. Where is this courtyard we're headed for? It's near the throne room. He'd replied. Throne room? Doesn't that seem a little dangerous? Henry said. How much further? It should be just around the next corner. He said. Before Henry could voice his relief, a shout came from behind them. Stop right there! You four, come here immediately! When Henry turned to face the source of the screams... Oh, sorry, there was no when there. Henry turned to face the source of the screams. A senior mage, leading four more, were marching swiftly down the hallway toward them. Without looking at the others, Henry said, Keep going! Stephen grabbed Aaron and began running towards the next turn that would lead to their destination. Margot hesitated a moment longer. Margot, they'll need you. She turned to follow the others. Ooh, and that, I think, is the end of chapter 17. Well, what did you guys think of that chapter? I thought it was a little bit dull at the beginning when they were in the temple. Like, ugh. I, the description of a basement. Ooh! And those doorways. It's, uh, you know what? I think I was actually trying to, like, uh, picture a church when I wrote that section. Because churches are kind of weird inside. I don't know that they'd have leather chairs, but... Eh, it was... I don't know. It was pretty bad. I should point out, though, I think I didn't mention it when I was reading. There is a formatting error in this chapter. That's right. Um, there's a quote from somebody, and the quotes extend beyond the right margin. Very classy. So we haven't had one of those in a little while, I think. I feel like. I don't know. Yeah, so, I don't know. There wasn't too much exciting happening there. I, do you see what I mean with that Stephen foreshadowing? Ooh, yeah, it's pretty exciting. All right. 
but I don't really have too much else to say. So they're in the palace now. Uh, they're looking for the, the, the dark half of the balancing stone. This is pretty exciting, but I don't think uh, that this, this plot's a little weak. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm a little bummed out, but at least they're in the palace. I think we're going to have nothing but excitement till the end, except maybe the epilogue, I'm pretty sure. And the last chapter, I think they're both pretty bad. <laughs> huh? That's something to look forward to, huh? A bad chapter. <laughs> okay, so let's do some discussion questions. All right. First discussion question. I like this one. All right. First discussion question. How many doors did they use in this chapter? All right, that's right. You probably weren't keeping track, and neither was I, but I will go back and check up on it. Uh, before we record next week's episode. But uh, I want to know if you can guess spot on how many doors there were. I'm going to go with, I don't know, four. I mean, that's my guess. But we're going to have the exact answer next week. All right. A little cliffhanger for everybody. I think that's pretty rad. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Second discussion question. <laughs> all right. Second discussion question. What's with all the institutional door labels in the freaking Temple of Colors? I could not stop laughing that the door was labeled stairs and the no admittance entrance. And then, so there's like this totally not interesting stairwell that had a stairs sign on it. And then when they get to the bottom, there's a door that says no admittance to the basement. And then you enter the basement and it's this giant room with freaking stone pillars and there's this big ornate door leading to a tunnel at the end of it. Like, come on, how terrible... Why would you just have those two crappy doors leading to this? Especially if there's like water fountains down there. That was really bad writing. Yeah, what's with that? What's with that? That's it. I don't have any better discussion question about that. It's just really irritating. So, uh, yeah, feel free to have your answer just say, I don't know, but that was pretty dull, I agree. So, yeah. Let's see. Third discussion question. Okay, all right. We saw a lot of foreshadowing this chapter. So what is the deal with Steven? Oh, I'd love for people to write in and tell me what they think the deal with Steven is. I wrote the book. So I know the answer, but if you write in, ooh, that would be exciting. I'd love to hear what people think. He knows an awful lot about this city and this palace. Mm-hmm. Think about it. It's really not that deep. It's pretty easy to figure out, I think. But, you know, I live and breathe this book and, you know, literature in general. So maybe I just have some real deep insight into how obvious this must be. Or... It's just stupid. Who knows? It's not a particularly well-written book. So, or And the character development's been so-so. <laughs> Anywho, uh, those are our three discussion questions. Uh, I think people will not like question two since it's pretty open-ended. Feel free to send in an essay. Uh, I'm looking for three paragraphs. Uh, and uh, just yeah, tell me what you think about institutional doors. Anyway, uh, if you do want to contact me with your answers to discussion questions, uh, you can contact me uh, by going to jeffreadshisbook.com, and there's some contact information on there, including how to contact me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Yes, that's my Twitter name. Or if you'd like to send an email, it's jba at sdf.org. Or if you're on Mastodon, you can reach me at jba at mastodon 
.sdf.org. That is the only place I actually announce episodes of this. So a solid 12 people are hearing about it. Yep, that's how many followers I got. I don't know, though. I might be... Might be a better situation than Twitter. I might have more followers than following. I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm not that concerned either because who cares? Yeah. I don't know how many people use Mastodon. It's pretty silly. It's like Twitter except, I don't know, less ads. I think that's probably what the big difference is. (laughs) Anyway, uh, that should about do it this week. Uh, Seven pages. We're coming in around 36, 37 minutes. That seems about right. Uh, yeah, but feel free to contact me. I just want to hear from people. I love even the slightest mention. It's so funny. You know what? If you want to contact me on Reddit, I am PrintStar on Reddit. On Reddit. P-R-I-N-T-S-T-A-R. PrintStar. It's another Fortran reference, just like Fortran Jeff. And uh, feel free to let me know. I always post in the podcast subreddit that I have a new episode available, and I don't think anybody cares. It's not like I've gotten an upvote before, so... I don't know where else to post about this. If you guys have suggestions of how I could let people know that this podcast exists, that'd be cool too. But we're really winding up now at this point. We have five, four episodes to go because we'll be on 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Should the epilogue be its own episode? I think so. We'll, We'll stretch it out. That should be fun. I think that's the way to do it. But anyway, uh, if you are doing National Novel Writing Month, good luck trying to continue. And for everybody else who's not trying to write a book in 30 days, keep on reading! Keep on reading!